It's time for this week's edition of the Virtual Bible Study. The Virtual Bible Study is a live, internet-only call-in program dedicated to the honest study and discussion of God's Word. Do you have a question about something in the Bible? Or are you simply interested in learning more about the Scriptures? If so, we hope you'll stay tuned tonight as we look into the pages of God's Word. The Virtual Bible Study is brought to you this time each week by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. You can participate in the discussion tonight by calling 931 one three eight one four five six seven or by emailing your questions or comments from collegeview.com we hope you'll take out your bibles and study along with us as we begin an exciting study of god's word on this edition of the virtual bible study and welcome into the virtual bible study for april 9th 2009 we're glad you're part of the program tonight we're live on this thursday night and we're standing by ready to take your calls at 877-381-4567 or we're going to take your emails, hopefully, as well, at questions at collegeview.com. That address is working tonight, questions at collegeview.com. We had some problems with our Internet server earlier today. It has been rebooted. It is back online, and so those emails will get through, and we'll look forward to hearing from you on the email tonight. We're also streaming live at ustream.tv, and you can join in on the discussion with other listeners of the program, if you'll uh, check out the website for the Ustream.tv, you can click on the menu at the bottom of your video screen and go to Show Page, and the chat room will be to the right of your video player there on your screen. We're glad you're a part of the program. We look forward to your participation in the program tonight. My name is Jacob Gwynn. My father, Greg Gwynn, is out of town on vacation tonight. And joining me in his place, uh, my friend James Buchanan is here from Columbia. James, welcome to the Virtual Bible Study. It's been a while since you've been here. It's been a long time. It's uh, good to be back. It is good to be back with you. I was thinking earlier this week, James, you know, you and I started doing programs like this about six years ago, almost to the date. Hard to believe. And the time flies, wow. but it's good to be back with you. Uh, we want to talk with you tonight about uh, an important question. There was an article that was interesting this week, James, in Newsweek. The title of the article was The End of Christian America, and uh, the article was lamenting the fact that uh, America can no longer be called a Christian nation, or it won't be long until America won't be called a Christian nation anymore. We want to talk about that on the program tonight. We want to know your thoughts. Is America a Christian nation is the subject of our program tonight. James, as we think about the fact that People are saying America won't be called a Christian nation for long. Uh, there are some shocking trends in underway in America today. Well, sure enough. Well, uh, of course, the article uh, that uh, you referred to in Newsweek uh, says that basically the number of people considering themselves Christians has uh, risen uh, since 1990 from uh, about 86 percent of people in this country identified themselves as Christians to 76 percent of people in this country identifying themselves as Christians. In the same period of time, of course, we have seen a severe decline in, in morality in this country. And uh, so I guess the question is, is there a correlation between the number of people identify, identifying themselves as Christians and this decline of morality that we uh, have seen and continue to see in our country? All right. So in the last 19 years, 10% fewer people identify themselves as Christians, and at the same time, uh, the number of Americans who claim no religious affiliation, that has nearly doubled since 1990 from 8 to 15 percent. 
So 15% have no religious affiliation. That's what's mentioned in this article. And we want to know your thoughts. Does this surprise you that this many people have no religious affiliation? That the number of people who claim to be Christians is going down in America? Let us know your thoughts at 877-381-4567. Questions at collegeview.com. The article says here, and the article, as you mentioned, uh, James, is written by John Meacham, and uh, the <clears throat> the article can be found on Newsweek's website. But it says here, quote, while we remain a nation decisively shaped by religious faith, our politics and our culture are, in the, in the main, less influenced by movements and arguments of an explicitly Christian character than they were even five years ago. James, does that surprise you? No, uh, I don't. I don't find that to be terribly surprising. Um, there's a couple reasons why that's really not surprising. Um, we haven't had a uh, a president, for example, if we're talking about politics or or a uh, a government that has really claimed to be exclusively Christian in, in many years. Uh, even even our, our previous president, who uh, himself claimed to be a Christian. Um, embraced those of other faiths as if those faiths were equal to the Christian faith. So you're saying that the general idea of anything goes and the uh, postmodern concepts that every I'm okay, you're okay, that we're all just looking for spirituality wherever we may find it, whatever rock we may turn over, we might find spirituality there that means something to us. Absolutely. Uh, So, you know, when when the Christian faith, when following Jesus Christ is put up equal with Islam or put up equal with Judaism, which is what, for instance, our previous president said that Abraham was the father of three great faiths, yeah. um, then uh, obviously this is not considered to be a, a Christian nation. It's considered it's more of a uh, postmodern nation. It's more of a you uh, choose which religious system fits best for the way that you choose to lead your life. Um, and uh, so, you know, you end up with the sort of thing that we end up we saw in the book of Judges. Every man does what is right in his own eyes. We are our own standards of morality, our own standards for religious belief. So it's it's uh you know it's not it's not this is in the last five years that's a very short period of time to look at um, what's been going on for really a long time. You know what, uh, James? As you were talking, it brought something to mind. This illustrates the problem with uh, denominationalism in America today. That I'm okay, you're okay. It really doesn't matter what you believe and what you practice, as long as it makes you feel good. Well, that's Taken right. to its logical extreme, this is what you get. You get America today, well, where absolutely. there is no standard that Abraham right. was a father of three great religions. God is a God of division yeah. in that way of thinking. I mean, God is the God of divisions within the Christian faith and the God of, of divisions even among religion in general. And so God is happy with several different religions by that way of thinking. It's a, certainly a natural conclusion. We want to hear from you at 877-381-4567. Questions at collegeview.com. The article goes on to say, quote, many conservative Christians believe they have lost the battles over issues such as abortion, school prayer, and even same-sex marriage, and that the country has now entered a post-Christian phase. James is saying that uh, the fight's over, that uh, we're just going to have to give up. Just hang it up. That's right. Well, I mean, uh, in all honesty, you know, even with a supposedly Christian administration or government or whatever, we weren't really doing all that great with abortion. We uh, with uh, school prayer, I, I I don't recall ever being prohibited from praying when I was in school. Of course, I've been out of high school for you know 12 years, but 
still, I, I was never prohibited from praying. So I don't know where school prayer went. Um, uh, you know, um, I don't know what the issue is there. And um, same-sex marriage. I mean, we have we have not lost the battle on any of these issues. The front has changed on which these issues would be fought. Uh, or perhaps we should redefine what that front should be. Is this a, a battle, for instance, that's best fought in the halls of Congress and best fought in our voting booths? Or is this a battle that's best fought when I'm talking to my neighbor who says, you know, I think abortion is okay under certain situations? Really? Let's look at what the scriptures say about that. Let's look at how the scriptures say, talk about how God formed life in the womb and how the psalmist talked about how he was fearfully and wonderfully made in Psalm 139, you know, and how, you know, he, t- he talked about how that he was a created being by God. Let's talk about it on that level, one-on-one. That battle isn't lost. It's just that there's a different front at which we fight these battles. School prior, again, we, we should be encouraging those who uh, who um, have the right to pray, those who are Christians, to, to pray. And uh, there's no prohibition against that. And same-sex marriage, it's the, same, it's the same sort of thing. Where is that battle fought? Is that battle fought with political system, or is that battle fought by talking to those who would engage in same-sex marriage and try to get them to realize that the Bible is the proper standard of morality and how God views things such as homosexuality. The number to call is 877-381-4567, questions at collegeview.com. Earlier in the day, we sent out an email to our update list and asked you four questions for your consideration for tonight's program. We'd like to hear your feedback on those questions if you have not responded, or we'll take your question or call over any E, uh, email. Uh, you'll take your email or your call over any question or comments you might have. But the ten, the four questions we invited you to answer earlier today. Number one: Does it surprise you that ten percent fewer Americans today describe themselves as Christians than did in 1990? That's number one. Are you surprised that ten percent fewer people describe themselves as Christians today than they did in 1990? Number two: Would you say this decrease in professed Christians is good or bad as it relates to the cause of Christ in the world today? Is this decrease in the number? of professed Christians, good or bad, as it relates to the cause of Christ in the world today? And number three, should America be considered a Christian nation? Should we consider America a Christian nation? Is America a Christian nation? That's number three for you to consider tonight. And number four, is it reasonable to expect that we should have a Christian nation at all? Is it reasonable to expect that America could be a Christian nation? Let us know your thoughts over the email or over the phone tonight. We'd like to hear from you. As we look at those questions and those responses that we've gotten so far, Keith in Lynchburg, Tennessee, says, No, it doesn't surprise me because parents aren't teaching the Bible anymore. Most of the ones who are teaching their kids about the Bible are teaching them the social gospel, hot dogs and hamburgers, sleepovers, and the like. I read an article today where a member of the Lord's Church is pushing Easter down everybody's throats and basically warned Christians that if they didn't worship Easter Sunday as a special day, they weren't Christians. I don't know about him. But we're supposed uh, supposed members. Uh, what we're supposed to remember the Lord's death, burial, and resurrection every first day of the week. Maybe he slept through that sermon and doesn't read the Bible very much. Thank you for your comments tonight, Keith. Keith isn't surprised, James, that uh, the number of professed Christians is going down. Christianity is a taught religion, and uh, if people are not taught the truth about the gospel, you're not going to have as many Christians. You said it's a taught religion, not a top religion. Taught. T-A-U-G-H-T. Right. I think it's tops, but it, uh, <laughs> it's a taught religion. That's right. And so if it's not being taught, uh, then it will die. Yeah. Uh, Frank in Indianapolis says, no, I'm not surprised, but I would like to know who did the interviewing, and I would like to know the composition of the group being interviewed. Did it really cover the actual population composition of the total population? 
James or, uh, Frank wants to know the statistical accuracy of that uh, survey. The survey seemed the response to that survey and the results, James, seem reasonable to me. I have no reason to throw out the survey. Well, uh, there, and there's some other there's some other numbers that we'll bring up in a moment that that indicate uh, it's certainly a, sort of a correlation between what we're seeing on this front and what we're seeing in in, in the moral front. All right. Eight seven seven three eight one four five six seven. Questions at collegeview.com. You're absolutely right, James. We need to get to some of those statistics. That may have to wait to the other side of the break. Jim in Mount Pleasant, Tennessee, says no. It does not surprise him. With the way things are in our society, the concept of Christianity is not advocated by anyone in public life. People are discouraged from discussing religion in the workplace, school, or any organization. What about that, James? That's not been my experience, but. Um... Uh, that I, I could I have, I have heard of, of examples where people are uh, uh, discouraged from so doing. Um, I, I've never had that happen personally to me, and I work for a very in a very worldly environment. But uh, uh, that certainly I'm sure uh, does happen. I mean, you always hear the adage or the uh, the saying, you know, you don't discuss religion, sports, and politics at work. Yes. You know, and uh, so that would certainly be it's considered to be improper to discuss it because it's. Uh, you know, steps on people's toes. So uh, I'm, I'm sure that I'm sure that it does happen. All right. Stephen in Pennsylvania says, unfortunately, it does not surprise me to see 10 percent fewer Americans classify themselves as Christian with atheism on the rise and many subjecting themselves to the teaching of their professors because of a lack of the family role in teaching good morals has dwindled, dwindled. Many will look to the teachings of their professors as truth. Muslim religion is always on the rise and last I heard, I think it ran about 1 billion Muslims in the world today. But then again, I could be wrong. Now many are in the state of, quote, unquote, I do not know what exists or what happens after life. Such was the question in the movie Religious. Is that how you say it? Religious? I have no idea. I didn't watch the movie. I hear it's very blasphemous. Uh, he says, which is blasphemous and utterly, utterly perverse, and I do not recommend anyone watch. In fact, I had to cut it up and throw it out. But it was interesting to see different religions. One was called cannabis ministry, or relating the cannabis drug, and not surprisingly founded in Amsterdam. Another religion where one guy claimed he was the second coming of Christ through ancestry because Jesus was married and had children and also claimed that there was no hell. Scientology, where you need to buy e-meters and measure how many aliens or something like that are in your body. Most religions are subjective and no, and no seems no one seems to take God seriously. So Stephen is not surprised. All right, we'll take a break, and we'll hopefully get your comments on the other side of the break. One more before we go to the break. Jack in Georgia says, does it surprise you that fewer 10% fewer Americans today describe themselves as Christians than in 1990? No, it should not come as a surprise for those of us who were around before that time. We have been on this road for quite some time now, and this is the destination in which we were bound to arrive. The immorality and humanistic views have permeated our society for a long time, but it is a wake-up call for most of us. So Jack says we need to be on guard and we need to be awake. We appreciate those comments, Jack. We'll take a short break. We'll get to the, uh, your comments on the other side of the break, hopefully. Carolyn uh, has emailed in and says, no, does not surprise her that uh, 10% fewer people describe themselves as Christians. What about you? Let us know your thoughts. When we get back from the break, James, we've got those statistics that are very telling. We want to talk about them. So don't go anywhere. The Virtual Bible Study will be back right after this. Did you hear what they just said? Call in during this break and let everyone know what you think. The Virtual Bible Study continues after this announcement. 
Hi, I'm Wade Shelton. In 1 Peter 3.15, the scripture says, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. You see, we believe here at College View that we should be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh. And I believe that we are dedicated to this cause. That's why we here at College View bring you the virtual Bible study each week. Our hope is that you will join us each week here on the virtual Bible study in hopes of strengthening your faith so that you will be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you. Please join us here every Thursday night on the virtual Bible study. I know that it's worth an hour of your time. This is Stephen Nicholson, a member of the College View Church of Christ, and I want to invite you to be a regular participant on the virtual Bible study. Your input by way of emails and phone calls are always welcome during the live program. We're also open to your suggestions about possible topics for discussion on upcoming editions of the program. We'd love to hear from you anytime. Use your internet connection for something good. Listen to the virtual Bible study every week. Now, back to the program. And welcome back into the virtual Bible study tonight. We're glad you're part of the program. We look forward to your comments. 877-381-4567. Questions at collegeview.com. This is a listener interactive program, James. And the benefit of calling in to the program tonight is they don't have to listen to us. Absolutely. It's a a benefit. The people that call in, they go to the front of the line. They go to the front of the line. There is no line right now. You right. can join in on the phone, 877-381-4567, questions at collegeview.com. Carolyn, again, had emailed in and said, no, America is not, a, or she's not surprised that 10% fewer people describe themselves as Christians. The question we must ask then, is it even right? Uh, the, the article in Newsweek says the end of Christian America. Is it even correct to call uh, America a Christian nation? James? What do you think, by uh, looking over the landscape of America today, is it accurate to call America a Christian nation? I don't, I don't believe it is. Um, you know, I'm still waiting for the beginning of America as a Christian nation. As you don't I, think it's ever been a Christian? I don't believe it's ever been. We can talk about that further further in a, in a few minutes. I don't, I don't believe it's ever been a Christian nation uh, for some reasons that we'll discuss in our next segment. But um, 76% of people in this country claim to be Christians. We just read that poll number a moment ago. 76%. 76%. Three out of four. Three out of four people. 81% more than people claim to be Christians. Actually, interesting enough, the, the combined number of Christians, Jews, and Muslims, as we read in the uh, Meacham article, pretty much when you combine them all together, you get about 81% of people in this country say that, of people polled, I should say, in the poll numbers that we're looking at, say that morality is getting worse. So, 81%. 81% say that morality is getting worse. Now, of those same people polled who say that morality is getting worse, that, that get this, here are some of the numbers when they are asked questions on these specific subjects. Here is their answer to their to what they believe about these specific subjects. Is divorce morally acceptable? 70% of people polled say that divorce is morally acceptable. 70%. Almost as many people as claim to be Christian say that more, divorce is morally acceptable. And we wonder why we're losing the battle. Okay. <laughs> you know, um, 61% say that sex between an unmarried man and woman is morally acceptable. Unbelievable. And they wonder, they talk about more, 81% of those polled say that morality is getting worse. Could 61. they be the reason? I, absolutely, they are the reason. Okay. I found this one interesting, James. There are 40% of Americans who believe that abortion is wrong. 
Forty percent. Four out of ten. Now, there are more people who think that abortion is right than think that it is wrong. That's right. Now, this is interesting. This is sad. What makes it even sadder is when they were asked a question, do you think it's immorally acceptable to do medical testing on animals to save human lives? Medical testing on animals. Is that acceptable? 38% said it's wrong. Almost as many people believe it's wrong to do medical testing on animals and then say that it's wrong to do an abortion. We have almost as many people wanting to protect the rights of animals in our society than are trying to protect the rights of unborn children. 39% say it is morally unacceptable to buy and wear clothing made of animal fur because an animal died, and you can think what you want to on that. But there are that just, again, the numbers almost exactly line up. Almost as many people are trying to protect unborn babies. Seems to be a disconnect there, James. There's there's a huge disconnect. Uh, I mean, I mean, the, again, we said 81% of those polled say morals are getting worse. The majority of those polled in several of these areas actually believe that it is um, right to perform activities that are considered immoral. 55% of Americans say that having a baby outside of marriage is morally acceptable. James, I get the idea there that that's choosing to have a baby outside of marriage. I, I would I would assume so, and making, there, and making we, that choice. And we read the stories about how this is becoming more and more popular, that people are deciding they don't want to wait till they're married to have a baby. They want to have a baby now. And so they engage in fornication in order to conceive the child. And yet 76% of people in the United States of America claim to be Christians. Is it acceptable is it correct and accurate to call Christ america a christian nation we want to hear from you at 877-381-4567 48 percent of americans believe that homosexual relations are morally acceptable half of america believes it's okay to engage in homosexuality that's half of america now three out of four of americans claim to be christians yep and so that includes that 50 percent has to include people who claim to be christians claim to be believing in the Bible and following it and following Christ, think that homosexuality is okay. Of the 10% that came to the realization that they're not Christians in the last 20 years, I'm still waiting for the other, you know, 70% that claim to be Christians to come to the realization that they're not and to be honest about it. Okay. Then maybe we'll see some honest poll numbers. Okay. 877-381-4567. Questions at collegeu.com. You had some interesting statistics on suicide, James. Oh, yes. Yeah, suicide. So doctor says says suicide. 51% of those polled say that it is acceptable to receive a doctor-assisted suicide. However, 15% of those polled say that good old-fashioned suicide – Regular suicide, the one where you do it yourself, only 15% say it's a, that type is acceptable. But how many for doctor assisted? Uh, 51. 51. So you can't now again. Ha- you can't do your own suicide, but you can pay somebody else to do it for you. Now again, that 51% would include people who claim to be Christians. Sure, because 76% of people in this country claim to be Christians. All right, so you do the math, and there are a good number of Christians in that poll who, who think it's okay. To kill yourself. Absolutely. Or have somebody else kill you. Murder. Right. Have somebody else murder you. 
with your consent. You, you can consent to them to murder you, to take away the life that God has given you. 877-381-4567. Questions at collegeview.com. Is America a Christian nation? Keith and Lynchburg says, no, not really, because the actual makeup of this nation is uncommitted. Keith says that you have to be committed in order to be a Christian, and we don't see any commitment to God and his principles in America. You know, Jesus said a long time ago that unless we deny ourselves and follow him, we cannot be his disciples. He also said we can't serve two masters, and a lot of Americans want to serve two masters. And by trying to do that, they're serving one, and he's not in heaven. That's right, and and still claim to be a Christian. That's right. And so what is Christian? what does the name Christian become for many of these people? A badge, a social symbol, something to be accepted by family, something to be accepted by the social circle in which you choose to congregate. What what does this what it's does just, this mean? It's just a, a, a name that you wear, like you might yep. what, you might say right. you're a Tennessean. It's just it's just it's just the way it is, and you yeah. don't you don't you're not committed to it. I live here. I'm I'm not committed to being a Tennessean. I'm, I, I I would have no problem with living in another state. I'm not a committed Tennessean. You know, if I needed to move to Alabama, I would. I'm not that loyal to it. Okay. I'm just here. All right. We have Frank in Indianapolis. He says, yes, it should still, as the Constitution says, carry the term Christian nation because it was built on the Christian foundation as stated therein. If you're asking whether we can actually call ourselves a Christian nation and feel good about it, no, because we, as stated in the original comments, are swaying too far away from God and his leadership we are just kidding ourselves if we believe we are Christian. We need to stop the movement of government as it leads the nation further and further from God and his authority and gov- commandments. We'll talk about our relationship to the government later on in the program. But uh, Frank says we should be a Christian nation, but we're not. James, your comments? Well, uh, again, uh, I, I would um, – the idea of us being a Christian nation um, – I would wonder what exactly does that mean? Does it mean that uh, we have a we're governed by a theocracy as our system of government? Does a Christian nation mean that the majority of people that live in this country actually do follow Jesus Christ as the Son of God and actually do serve them serve Him and actually do keep His commandments? If that if that's what is meant by a Christian nation, then I, I'm all for it. Let's have everybody that lives in this country actually follow Christ and actually serve Him. And serve him the way that the Bible, that the way that he taught in his teachings, then uh, I, I think I think that's awesome. Uh, I think that I think that is the ideal. And I, there's nothing wrong with shooting for that. We should do that by teaching one person at a time the truth and converting them to Christ, and and teaching them how to follow him. Eight seven seven three eight one four five six seven questions at collegeu.com. Jim in Mount Pleasant says, "No, in my mind, we could only be considered a Christian nation if we submitted as a nation to the will of God." Now, should we consider ourselves a nation of people whose laws are based on the Judeo-Christian heritage? Yes, he says we should. Are we a nation whose founders believed in the Bible? Yes, he says we are. Did these founders base their belief with respect to government and its uh, relation to the common person upon the teachings of the Bible? He says yes, they did. But he says no, in my mind, we could not be considered a Christian nation. Well, um we, and, and that certainly is true that our country was founded upon a Judeo-Christian heritage. Um, did all of our founders believe the Bible as the inspired word of God? 
to to a certain extent. I believe they did in matters of basic morality. Um, but you take, for instance, Thomas Jefferson, one of the uh, one of the greatest of the founding fathers in this country. Go to the any bookstore, pull out the Jefferson Bible. A lot of stuff missing in there because he decided to take a pair of scissors and cut out the stuff that he didn't agree with that didn't fit with his real view, which was deism. So can we call him a Christian? Absolutely not. All right. Steve in Pennsylvania says, uh, he says, I do not believe we live in a Christian nation. Never have. This is because I do not classify other denominations as Christians. I will admit in the 50s, there were many going to church. It It provided better morals when that was happening but uh can't argue with that i mean the numbers don't the numbers don't lie okay i mean that's for sure all right and we have an answer from jack in georgia he says we haven't been a christian nation for many many years when you look at societies that are governed by a religion you will see how their laws are closely tied to their religious edicts our society is more secular than we want to believe there are no immediate penalties for adulterous and lascivious behaviors White-collar crime is allowed to persist at certain levels. Corporate and government corruption is rampant throughout local, state, and national levels, and civil authorities try to make us adhere to secular laws that shun any religious overtones. So Jack says no. And finally, Carolyn says, uh, before one can answer that, please define what a Christian nation is. Many claim that the USA was begun on Christian principles. Still, many of our nation's forefathers were agnostic. They believed in a supreme being, but he was the one set forth. But was he the one set forth in the Bible? Many of the early settlers were religious folk fleeing religious persecution in countries where they had previously lived. Countries such as Italy and England had state religions. Is that what we really want here? Some of these Christians attempted to set up their own religion as a state religion, such as in Massachusetts. But one independent thinker, Roger Williams, left and founded Rhode Island, where freedom of religion was guaranteed. Um, and the, from I believe she quotes here from uh, that, it says, Just as our Christian, Jewish, and other faiths are divided into many denominations, how could all of our citizenry ever agree on a common religion that satisfies all? If our government started mandating religion in the public schools and other tax-funded entities, Soon there would be protest against equality of other faiths. I believe this is not quoting, quoted from that book. Uh, other government uh, constitution, constitutionally, our government constitutionally cannot set up one faith for all. Under the Constitution, government is not allowed to make laws respecting any religion. We are so blessed to have the freedom to practice our faith without hindrance as long as we are not breaking laws. Sad would be the day when our government sets up one religious faith against all others. Even God has given us the freedom to make the choice of whether we'll serve him or the other faith of Satan. In the end, God will separate those that are Christians from those that are not. So we appreciate Carolyn for her comments tonight. We are up against our next break. When we get back from the break, uh, James, we want to talk about what does it mean to be Christian? We've asked the question, is America a Christian nation? The next question that needs to be asked is, what does it mean to be Christian? We need to know the answer to that before we can answer the question, is America a Christian nation? We'll get to that question next. Don't go anywhere. The virtual Bible study continues right after this. These guys are doing all of the talking. We need to hear from you. Call in now. The virtual Bible study continues right after this. Tonight on Channel 8 WSIN, it's TV like you've never seen it before. Starting at 8, it's TV's funniest new comedy, Fornication in the City, and Marie has been misbehaving again. Guess what? I just cheated on my husband. He doesn't even know about it. (laughs) 
And then at 8.30, it's the show that's setting the standard. You won't want to miss this week's I Love This World, where Bob makes a great announcement. Well, I think it's time you knew the truth. I'm gay. (laughs) And at 9 o'clock, it's the show that Television Magazine has called the number one drama for murder and violence. You won't want to miss this week's In Cold Blood to see who will be the next to be gunned down. It all starts tonight at 8 o'clock on Channel 8, WSIN. I'm Greg Gwynn reminding you that sin is a terrible thing and that those who are entertained by watching others sin fall under the condemnation of God that is mentioned in Romans 128. Be careful what you watch on television because in spite of what the devil wants you to think, sin is always sin and it's never funny. My name is Cole, and I'm eight years old. My name is Thomas, and I'm seven years old. And our families love to listen to the virtual Bible study. Quit checking your email. The commercials are over and the virtual Bible study is ready to roll. Take it away, guys. And welcome back to the virtual Bible study tonight. We're glad you're a part of it. We want to remind you this program is brought to you by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. To find out more about the College View Church of Christ, visit our website, collegeview.com or thevirtualbiblestudy.com. If you're joining us from our video stream on ustream.tv, you may have never been to our website. Be sure to check it out. You can find out more information about the College View Church of Christ there. You can also find out more information about the virtual Bible study And you can listen to past programs. All of our past programs are available on our website on a wide variety of Bible subjects. And so we hope you'll check out collegeview.com or thevirtualbiblestudy.com today. We'd also encourage you to come and worship with the College View Church of Christ. To find out more about what the College View Church of Christ is all about, you can find out more about the meeting times of the College View Church of Christ at collegeview.com or thevirtualbiblestudy.com. You'd be a welcome Guest at any of the assemblies of the College U Church, we encourage you to come and worship with the College U Church of Christ at your earliest convenience. We're talking about a recent article in Newsweek that said that it is the end of Christian America. We want to ask the question tonight, and we're considering the question with you tonight, is America a Christian nation? Can we accurately say, James, that America is a Christian nation? A general consensus from our listeners so far is that we are not a Christian nation, and we want to see how that lines up with what the Bible says about the subject. Dan in Indiana says, since our president stated that we are not a Christian nation, then I would suppose that a lot of people are going along with it. A lot of people do not think for themselves and instead go with the flow or popular movement. So thank you, Dan, for those comments tonight. I think uh, Dan's right. Absolutely. I think that's a, that's a, that's an astute observation. So if somebody says yeah. I'm not a, that's, that we shouldn't be Christian, well, okay, I'll just do whatever they say. So, you know, I mean, you look at the numbers, how many, I mean, if you look at the number of people that voted for the current president, and then you look at the, him saying, well, this is, this is not a Christian nation, it's a nation of citizens is what he said, then probably a lot of those people that might, might actually agree with him. Okay. What does it mean to be Christian, James? That's what we need to ask before we can really adequately answer the question, is America a Christian nation? And a Christian, when we say something is Christian, and that's not a way that the word is used in the Bible, but we have people who are called Christians in the Bible. That word means a follower of Christ, according to Strong's definition. Vine defines it as an adherent adherent of, of Jesus. So to be Christian as an individual means that I'm following Christ. Absolutely. It means that you have made the decision to sacrifice yourself in obedience to him. 
Now, that's interesting, James. Some religious organizations, this is a side note, but some religion or religious organizations say that to be a Christian just means that you mentally attest to the fact that Christ is the Son of God. Then that's really all it takes to be a Christian. The definition of the word Christian does not agree with that definition that many people are giving. No, absolutely not. Again, when you look at the scriptures, um, one of the things that, that is implied with being a Christian is that there is activity obedience that is obedience in in the, in the individual who claims to be a Christian. Now, you know, this demonstrates the fact uh, that many religious organizations are wrong when they say that all you need to do in order to be a Christian is just believe that Jesus is the Son of God, and then you're a Christian. If that's so, America is a Christian nation. Absolutely. absolutely. Because, because 76% of the people in America today claim to be Christian. By default, then, they're admitting that Jesus is the Son of God. Mentally, they're attesting to that fact. So the que- if, 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 yep. if, the, if the denominations are correct, James, America is a religious nation. We can just shut her down tonight and go on home. That's right. It, we're done. Uh, we can just, I mean, it, it, there's no reason to even worry about it. So what we, what we have shown is that to be a Christian, you've got to do more than just believe and just attest to the fact that Jesus is the Son of God. Well, absolutely. I mean, even from the very time that the, the first time in the scriptures that the word Christian is used in Acts 11 and verse 26, um, when they had found him, that's when Barnabas, when he had found him, that's when Barnabas went to find Saul of Tarsus. He brought him to Antioch for a whole year. They met with the church and taught a great many people. And in Antioch, the disciples were first called Christians. So they were disciples who were called Christians. All right. That disciple word is a $5 word. James, Ooh. break that down for me. My goodness. Yeah, that's a... That's a big one. It's a, it, it, what it means is somebody who is a follower of somebody else or somebody who subscribes to a particular discipline or a rule of life. Okay. And that, that's what a disciple is. Right. And that's what Jesus' disciples did when he was upon the earth. There's they, action there, James. There's action. They're obedient. They're, and they're living something. as Jesus lived. They're his disciples. That's right. They are like him. Okay. We are like him if we are his disciples. All right. We're not just agreeing to the fact that Jesus came and that he is the son of God, no that what? he died and was raised for our sins. Nope. Nope. We're saying that we're going to live like Christ if we're going to be Christians. It is a new life. When we, when we choose to obey God and we... Uh, and we are, are uh, baptized for the remission of sins. We arise in newness of life. It's a, it's a, we are created in him as a new creature. And so we are a new creation. I mean, that means we have a different manner of life. No. That means that, you know, when we look at these poll numbers that talk about these immoral activities, those things are out. No more of that. And as a matter of fact, no more of it in our own lives. If we're practicing these things that we read a little bit ago, but not only that. But we as disciples are exposing those things as darkness. In Ephesians 5, verse 11, uh, Paul told the Ephesians to walk no more in the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather to expose them, to shine the light upon them. And so, you know, I can't be a Christian and say that these things that we read about are okay. It's just not going to work. It's but inconsistent. Now, if I'm, a, if I'm in a denomination that says all I got to do is believe, then I would say that the person who says divorce is acceptable. The 70% who say divorce is acceptable. Well, they're Christians if they believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Yep. Or, or the, uh, what is it, uh, 50% roughly of people who, 48% who say that homosexual relations are acceptable. If I believe that all you got to do is have faith in Christ and you're a Christian, those 48% that think that homosexual relations are acceptable, they're, they're Christians. That's right. And, 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 and be, not, be not mistaken. We're, we are not saying that uh, 
we're we are saying that when one decides to become a Christian, one must learn that there is a better way. And live that way. And live that way. And so at some point, you know, of of, of these people that are walking in darkness and who are blinded and do not realize that these things are sin, they need they need to learn. Sometimes we even come across a Christian, somebody who's been newly converted to Christ, who might say that something like this is okay. But upon further instruction, they realize that it's really contrary to God's teaching. 877-381-4567. Questions at collegeview.com. Join in on the discussion tonight. We want to hear from you on the program. James, you know, uh, it's interesting. Uh, there's a quote by a Baptist preacher you know of, uh, Sam Morris. Oh, yeah. Who says you can basically, you can you can take your any position you want on these issues, homosexuality, divorce, abortion, and still be a, still be right in God's sight. He says you could even commit murder, which that's abortion. So not only could you think abortion is acceptable, you could even commit the abortion, according to some uh, in the Baptist world and other denominations who believe in the doctrine of once saved, always saved. Once you're in, you're in. Once you're saved, you're always saved, according to that doctrine. All right. Um, In Acts chapter 26, verse 28, we read that Agrippa said to Paul, almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. Agrippa knew that if he was going to become a Christian, James, that it would change the way that he lived. Otherwise, he could have been a Christian right there where he said and not had to change a thing. He would have been like he would have been like uh, another ruler who did claim to be a Christian, Constantine the Great. Okay, who just been ascended to it. But yeah, that's right. He would have had to have a changed life, but um, he was not willing to accept that conclusion. And that changed life, according to First Peter chapter four verse sixteen, can cause us some consequences. Uh, James and first Peter chapter four, verse 16. Yet if any man suffers a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God on this behalf. How could I suffer as a Christian, James, if I just all I had to do was mentally assent to the fact that Jesus was the son of God? That's right. I'm sure that uh, you would not suffer. And, and these people, I mean, they were they, they everybody knew that they were a Christian somehow that they somehow they knew. You know, even from the very first, when Christians began assembling at the beginning of the book of Acts, the people around them knew that these people were Christians. They weren't hiding their light under the bushel, like Jesus said. Jesus said that we are a city set upon a hill. A light that is, you know, we are we are the the light of the world, and uh, so we shine His light. And uh, so there is no hiding. There is no mental assent to say I just believe. I, I think I'm a Christian. I, I that's what's on my baptismal certificate when I was baptized as a baby. Thus, I must be a Christian, or something along those lines. It's just not. It's just not good enough. And really, to summarize and wrap up the question for us tonight, James, is America a Christian nation? Jesus answers the question for us in Luke chapter 6, verse 46. Luke chapter 6, verse 46, Jesus says, And why call you me, Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? How can we say that we're a Christian nation when we live any way that we please without regard for what the Scriptures teach? That's right, you know, and... and um, and I, I think that even the question would, would even need to be asked, has this country ever consistently done the things that the Lord teaches? Uh, to, to a certain extent, there are many, we talk about morality. We talk about the external showing of morality reflected in the issues that, that we have poll questions about. I mean, explain to me how, you know, 60 years ago, for instance, some considered it morally acceptable to mistreat certain races okay. in, this, in this society. Okay. Now, why isn't that considered to be a morally morally decadent behavior? Just as in, just, yeah, those just, are the good old days. It's just as soul damning as homosexuality. Well, absolutely, just, those are or, and yet those uh, are the good old days. A divorce, yeah, without scriptural cause. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, that's right. Divorce without scriptural cause, 
And, uh, you know, and, and then again, of course, you get into categories of sin where people think, well, you know, the divorce without a scriptural cause. Nothing wrong with that. Homosexual marriage. Something wrong with that. Certainly. So there's some inconsistency even in that. Um, and, and so what we end up with is every man doing what is right in his own eyes is, is really what we have today. And I think what we we've have been for, there before. Haven't we, we've been there before throughout history. I think we've been there for a long time, longer than we would care to admit. Eight seven seven three eight one four five six seven. Questions at collegeview dot com. We're going to take our last break, and when we get back from the break, James, the last question to be considered tonight: Should we expect? Is it reasonable to expect or or to think that we could have a Christian nation today? Is that something that's feasible? If you haven't joined in on the discussion, now's the time. The phone line is open. The email is flying through cyberspace tonight let us know your thoughts we'll be right back after this after these important messages we'll be back to take your comments email them during this break hello everyone i'm monty a member of the college view church of christ so if you've been hearing all about the college view church of christ on the virtual bible study and are interested in finding out more about the church but you live hundreds of miles away from columbia tennessee and can't come and visit with the congregation to find out more there's no reason to fear after all, we live in the 21st century. Here's what you can do to find out more about the College View Church of Christ. First, why don't you check out our website while you're listening to the virtual Bible study? You'll find important information about the church there, including bulletin articles there on various subjects, and can even listen to sermons that have been presented at the College View Church in the past. Secondly, if you have questions about the church or about any Bible teaching, why don't you send an email to us and let us know how we can help. Send your questions to questions at collegeview.com. That address, once again, is questions at collegeview.com. We can even have a personal Bible study with you over email if you desire. And finally, if you would rather talk with someone in person, give us a call at 931-381-4567. That's 931-381-4567. You can call this number anytime. If you don't get an answer, leave a message and we'll call you back as soon as we can. We're glad you're listening to the virtual Bible study and hope to hear from you soon. My name is Jack Coleman, a member of the College View Church of Christ. We're glad you're listening to the virtual Bible study, and we hope you'll tell others about the program. We're always open to your feedback concerning topics for discussion and suggestions as how we can make the program more effective. Drop us a line at questions at collegeview.com or call us toll-free at 877-381-4567. Share your comment with the world. Call in now and be a part of the virtual Bible study. Now, back to the program. And welcome back to the virtual Bible study tonight. We're going to the top of the hour as we ask the question, is America a Christian nation? James, we talked about before the break that uh, if you're going to be a Christian, in spite of what some religious organizations are going to teach today, if you're going to be a Christian, you've got to live it. You can't just accept, acknowledge that Christ is the Son of God. You've got to live as Christ lived. There are some people who are telling us in the religious world today, it doesn't matter how you live. You just need to have faith that Jesus is the Son of God. 76% of Americans today believe that Jesus is the Son of God. But they're not living that way. And we would say that 76% of the people in America today are not living as Christians. There are a lot of religious organizations, though, that would have to admit and have to accept that those 76 people are right with God. When 50% of them say homosexual relations are okay, over half of them say that sex outside of marriage is okay. But according to some religious organizations, those people are Christians. Even the man quoted in, in our Newsweek article, Mr. Moeller, uh, the president of the uh, was the Southern Baptist Seminary. Mm-hmm. You know, even even he would have to admit that the number of 76 percent is not as high as it would seem. 
I don't know how many Christians there are in the United States of America. I don't know how many people God considers to be his faithful children in this country. That's a number that God knows. You know, how many, like when Abraham asked, you know, if there are 10 righteous men in Sodom, you know, will you save Sodom? Um, God knew how many righteous people there were in the city of Sodom, and he found the one and got them out. Okay. Um, so, you know, it's, uh, it's, not a, it's not really a number that we can really quantify all that well. It's a number that, that God knows. All right. Uh, in the article, the John Meacham article in Newsweek, uh, he says, quote, if we apply the Augustian, uh, Augustinian test of nationhood to ourselves, we find that liberty, not religion, is what holds us together. In, a city of God, in the city of God, Augustine uh, said that a nation should be defined as a multitude of rational beings in common agreement as to the objects of their love. Meacham goes on to say we, what we value most highly what we collectively love most is thus the central test of the social contract. So Meacham says what you love the most will be what is important to your society and what holds your society, society together. Now, is that following God's will and doing what God wants? Meacham doesn't say that. He says, judging from the broad shape of American life in the first decade of the 21st century, we value individual freedom and free or largely free enterprise. Americans don't want to answer to anybody, let alone God. The premise upon which our country was founded is that government rules at the consent of the governed. That's the essence. When he's talking about the social contract, that's the essence of the social contract. And so if the people who are governed – You don't like the government? Kick it out. I mean that's the essence well, of – Okay, but, but if founding. the people who are governed wanted this to be a religious nation, it would be. Absolutely. But we don't, and therefore it is not. We get exactly what we want in America, Absolutely. and Americans have decided they do not want to live by the rules of God. They want to do whatever they please. Now, it gets back to the question, should we pursue a Christian nation? And, you know, there's a couple of answers to that question. Um, do we want we – want, obviously, we want as many people to be Christians as we can possibly teach and possibly convince to obey the gospel and to follow Christ. All right, let's get to our, our listeners' answers to this question. Keith in Lynchburg says no, because if Christians hide in their own country, how will they witness to anyone? Jesus uh, went into the world, and he commanded us to do the same. The real question is, are we going into the into all the world? Good question, Keith. Are we doing that? Uh, Frank in Indianapolis says, brothers and sister, it is not reasonable to accept uh, expect that we became become or return to sound principles of God's law as long as we have a president and Congress turning our laws, rules, regulations, and actions of all types that tear away at God's desire to support uh, what is was a great nation under his support. I think we need to recognize that there is a possibility that God has decided to let us destroy ourselves from within. He has to be disgusted at our actions, and we as uh, the church of, as Church of Christ followers of God, uh, God's commandments, need to begin to take stronger stands on issues that are tearing his laws apart. Look at what has happened in a few weeks uh, to the government's stand on abortion. Jim in Mount Pleasant says, no, even if we accepted the idea that the majority of people in our, country, in, in our country were Christians, that would still not make us a nation of Christians. Unlike ancient Israel, we Christians are separate people who are joined together by our relationship in Christ and not our relationship to the government. Although we obviously are to obey the government from Romans chapter 13, our relationship with God is not through it or by it, but through and in Christ. Jim has good comments there, I think, that are accurate. Yes, they're very, very important comments. Uh, 
when uh, we decide that government is basically going to be the center of what glues us together and the type of government that we have is going to be that which glues us together, then uh, I believe what we're starting with a we're starting with a false premise. We're starting with something that's completely false yep. and a completely false system. Okay, Stephen says, my answer to this is similar to number three. I do not believe we can ever be considered a Christian nation. No nation is a Christian nation. However, I believe we can always be called a very liberal nation. If nations were truly Christian nations, then the way to heaven would not be narrow and the Bible rendered false. Stephen says the the righteous are always going to be a minority. And Stephen references scripture. That's not just his opinion. That's what Jesus said. And Carolyn says, uh, no, if everyone, only if everyone was a Christian, uh, we have to be careful about using the word Christian as an adjective. God has set certain standards for one to be a Christian, and it would be wrong to broadly apply the word Christian to persons, places, or things unless they fit the definition of what a Christian is. Amen, Carolyn. Exactly uh, right. We appreciate those comments. And finally, we have an email from Jack in Georgia. He says, uh, one would have to define what a Christian, what is a Christian nation. What does it look like? What would we expect out of a Christian nation? Until we do that, it is very difficult indeed to define a Christian nation, which really would be a nation of Christians in the majority. We definitely are not there now. So thank you, Jack, for your comments. We appreciate those. James, what does the Bible tell us about having a, a Christian nation today? Did Jesus want for there to be a Christian nation? Well, Jesus uh, came to, came to uh, of course, establish his kingdom. And we know that we came. He came to establish his kingdom, and uh, that was successfully completed on the day of Pentecost. That his kingdom was established. And Jesus said in John 18 and verse 36, talking about the nature of his kingdom, to Pilate. Now here, here Pilate asked a question. Pilate answered, "Am I a Jew? Your own nation, the chief priest, has delivered you over to me. What have you done?" Jesus answered, "My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting that I might not be delivered over to the Jews." But my kingdom is not from the world. So Jesus denied the concept of a physical kingdom that would be called his, or if you will, a Christian nation. He, he denied that he was seeking such. And and so you don't see in the New Testament, for instance, uh, what, what, what was Paul doing when he was in Rome? Um, was he using the influence that we knew he had? Lobbying. Lobbying. Was he trying to convince some senators that Christianity should be a legal religion in the Roman Empire? Is that what we see that the fight was? That's not what we see. What was Paul doing in the two years we know of him being in Rome at the end of Acts? He was teaching individuals. Teaching individuals, and he convinced some, even some in Caesar's own palace. We, right. we find out. We find out, I think it's at the beginning of the book of Colossians, that even some of the Praetorian Guard were convinced to be Christians. How was he doing it? Was he doing it by lobbying? Was he doing it through legislation? Was he doing it through getting the right people in elected office? Yeah. No. Yeah. He did it, he did it the, just the good old-fashioned way, one-on-one, -on -one, teaching people from house to house and teaching people publicly. And nowhere in the scriptures do we read that we need to be pushing for a Christian government, uh, that we need to uh, – that if the, the cure for the ills of the society today is for a Christian government to fix those problems. No, we're told to teach the gospel and that our citizenship is in heaven, and we need to be understanding that. Absolutely. You know, Apostle Paul said in Philippians 4, uh, 3 and verse 20, our citizenship is in heaven. And so, you know, do we say, does that mean that we should not be involved in politics? Does that mean that we should, you know, be like the Jehovah's Witnesses and say that any kind of involvement in government is idolatry? No, it's just that we need to have a realistic view of a man-made institution. Can a man-made institution carry out 
God's work better than the system that by using the sword of the spirit, the spirit that would come and convict the world of of unrighteousness. We need to have a really realistic expectation, as you said, James, of what government's going to be. Government is made up of sinful individuals and it is going to be corrupt and it is going to do things that are contrary to God's will. And Christians should not allow that to shake their faith or cause them to become discouraged in such a way that they fail to carry out the mission that God has given them in living as they should in this wicked world. Well, that's right. You know, even after the even after the last presidential election, I, I heard I heard uh, Christians worried about uh, where we're we going now. What's what's happening now? This is the end of of all things good in our country, and and that's it. And uh, you know, this is the worst thing that could ever possibly happen. And uh, it, it's again, that's just an unrealistic view of the influence the government has. Each and every one of us has influence over individuals. We have the ability to teach those around us. We have the ability to be a good influence on our coworkers, on our neighbors, on our friends, whoever that we have contact with. We have that opportunity. Government has not prohibited us from, from doing that. We, we, that's, that's the power that we have. That is the true power that we have. Now, one important question. Is the fact that 10% fewer people today believe that they're Christian than they did in 1990 – is that good or bad for the cause of Christ in the world today? We ask that question of our listeners, and here are the responses. Keith in Lynchburg says, in one way, it is bad because the fewer people that claim to be Christians is a sign of the times. I don't mean uh, that in a doomsday sense, he says. In another way, it is good because the sooner the denominations fold, the more opportunities Christians have to share the true gospel if they will only go to work. Agree with you uh, on that, Keith. We need to be going to work. Right. There are now 10% more souls who do not believe in Christ. There's 10% more souls that we need to be trying to convert. We see from Frank Bad. It is never any. It is never of any positive value to unleash uh, unleash information that is negative to to a cause. Uh, such release has a tendency to plant seeds of discontent and further deterioration is likely to continue to increase. Well, it will if we if we allow it to cause us to be discouraged. Well, considering the condition of what's considered Christianity, I think we need some more seeds of discontent. Well, uh, sir, let, James, the reason we want to ask this question is because it is a good thing that people don't think they're Christian now. Rather than Absolutely. thinking they're Christian and everything's okay – it, we, it we're better off for them not to even hold on to any claim of Christianity if they're not living it. So it's a good old dose of honesty there. I mean, okay. uh, and the, this discontent, I know we're running out of time, and this is this is a good thing because they're not content with the religious system that they're in. It was false anyway. All right. And num, uh, from from Jim, it said, he says it can be good. There are always opportunities to preach the gospel. Since so few people are discussing the Bible in public, our society has become more ignorant of it. This ignorant presents this ignorance presents opportunities for Christians to teach the gospel. It's easier to work with a clean slate than it is with, with one that's been contaminated with lots of false ideas. False doctrine, that's right. And uh, Carolyn says, first one has to, uh, let's see, um, I don't see uh, an answer there. Maybe I'm missing it in Carolyn's. We're uh, quickly running out of time. Jack says, it is not good at all. This decrease, this decrease means we'll have less people who rely on the word of God for authority and who will turn uh, toward their own internal morality to govern their behavior. It will be an anything-goes society. Every man will do as he pleases. The word of God will not be respected among those who know no religion. But it is our own fault. All of those years when evangelism was de-emphasized and the body of Christ stayed enclosed in its own shell, 
What did we expect? The preaching has gotten softer. The next generations do not care about worshiping anymore, and we turn a blind eye to sin in the body. Parents give in to their children because they don't want another fight on their hands, and all of this in the Lord's body. Should we expect the world as a whole to be any different if our own spiritual house is not in order? Good comments, Jack. Uh, Certainly uh, some things for us to consider. Uh, James, as we think about living in a wicked world, you know, I think it's a lot easier for our light to shine when it's dark outside. Uh, We make a a bigger impression on people when they don't think that they're right with God, when they realize that there is something missing in their life. And hopefully by people being honest and not claiming to be Christians, we have an opportunity to teach. Absolutely. We need to capitalize on that. And finally, Arthur sends in John chapter 8, verses 31 and 32. Jesus said of those Jews which believed on him, If you continue my word, then ye are my disciples indeed, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. We're only a Christian nation, and this is a good way to close up our program. Appreciate Arthur for sending in this comment. We're only a Christian nation, James, if we live by the principles of God's word as a nation. But more importantly, on an individual level, James, I am only a Christian. You are only a Christian. Anyone listening to the program tonight is only a Christian. If they live as Christ lived, that is the only way that you can be a Christian. That's the only way that you can be right with God. Absolutely. James, I appreciate your good comments tonight. I've enjoyed being with you again. Thank you for having me on the program. And thank you for listening to the program tonight. We hope you benefited from the things we talked about from God's word. If you disagree with anything we said on the program tonight, if you'd like to talk with us further, we would encourage you to contact us at any time. Questions at collegeu.com or 877-381-4567. We hope you'll make plans to be back here next week for another edition of the Virtual Bible Study. And in the meantime, we encourage you to put God first in your life, study His inspired word, the Bible, and live by it every day. You'll never regret it. Thanks for listening to the Virtual Bible Study, brought to you by the College View Church of Christ. The College View Church of Christ meets at 1618 Hampshire Pike in Columbia, Tennessee. If you are in the Columbia, Tennessee area, we encourage you to worship with the College View Church of Christ on Sunday mornings at 930 and on Sunday evenings at 6 o'clock. The College View Church of Christ also welcomes you to attend their Wednesday night Bible studies at 7 o'clock. If you have any questions about something that was said on tonight's broadcast or would like more information about the College View Church of Christ, please call 931-381-4567. That number again, 931-381-4567. Or for more information on the internet, visit collegeview.com. Be sure to tune into the virtual Bible study this time next Thursday for another informative study of God's Word.